we're back. Welcome to a whole new series of Valley Talks. Coming up, there will be many new, refreshed and fascinating episodes with stories of Silicon Valley startups and experts. Subscribe to our list and make sure you're getting full interviews right to your inbox. Speaking of interviews, I have an awesome guest tonight. Can you imagine that hiring can be based on playing games? Sounds unreal, right? I know, but Scoutable is super real. They launched during TechCrunch Disrupt last year and they won the Global G Startup Worldwide Competition and Mark Cuban invested in them. Please meet Angela Anthony, founder of Scoutable. Angela, I'm so happy to have you here today on the show. I'm happy to be here. Girl, you and your team grabbed some serious attention last year. And no wonder, because I love the fact that hiring can be game-based. Uh, tell me more. Sure. So what Scoutable does mm -hmm. is we create video games that measure the most predictive things about people's you know, attitudes and behaviors on the job. Um, so things like people's natural personality traits, their you know, cognitive abilities and capacities, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we use it to match people to jobs where people with similar combinations of attributes are top performers. According to your research, uh, it works much better than just hard facts, right? Or hard measurements that are actually right now being used mostly by the recruiters. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we believe that people should get hired for a job mm -hmm. based on what they can do mm -hmm. and not by what their resume says. Um, and really, resumes and hard skills, like you were mentioning, are just very poor sources of data about someone's abilities to do a job. Um, what is predictive is, you know, the things that sort of signify that someone could do the job well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's should be the first sort of layer of um, sort of matching someone to a role because they, they can learn on the job. Are these games on mobile only or is it also on desktop? How does that look? Uh, yeah, so our games are mobile only. Mm -hmm. um, and we thought that was important that you know, everyone had a similar sort of input experience in how to play the games. What are those games exactly? Are they like adventure games or like skill set games? What, what kind of variety do you have? Or is it like just one type of a game that really measures it all? Yeah, so it's meant to be much more of like an immersive gaming experience. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a couple different kinds of games in this you know, first release. Um, you know, it, a much more of an adventure game type feel where you're kind of on a mission to, you know, save the world. Um, and then through that journey, we send you on different, you know, experiences, different puzzles, different decision-making points that really tease out those specific attributes about you that predict your performance on a job. We benchmark against the people who are already in the, the exact role that's being hired for, um, or a similar role, but usually for the exact role that's being hired for, we measure the people who are already in that job um, along with the metrics around their relative performance. And that's how we identify what is the company looking for? What actually predicts performance in this job? Um, and then we use that to screen people. And I'm sure many people ask you about this, and I have to ask that about that too. How much does like an experience in gaming in general impact the results and the conclusions from, you know, from how they are performing? Yeah, so we get that question a lot. Um, there's absolutely no gaming experience required okay. um, because that's not something that's predictive of your performance on a job. Um, mm -hmm. So really the IP that we built, what we've been working on is figuring out how do we create that environment that really gets at the, the raw information we're trying to um, measure and, and perceive um, without sort of any uh, you know, confounding data, like you know, someone's really good at games and someone isn't. So there really is zero impact. Is it free to play? play or to, you know, to submit for, for the candidates? Well, so it will be. Okay. Um, so 
eventually, you know, we want to be able to open up the platform to whoever wants to play our games. Uh -huh. um, you can play and we can tell you, hey, here are all the companies where people with your, you know, exact, you know, temperament and interests and, and personality really thrive and are top mm -hmm. performers. Um, but right now we're working with companies because we need to build up that mm -hmm. arsenal of roles that we've analyzed mm -hmm. and know that so mm -hmm. that when a candidate does play the game, you know, it's not a year before they get a match. Of course. <laughs> so how do you then reach out to the potential candidates for those companies? Well, so right now we screen the candidates that are already applying oh, for the I role. See. Um, but eventually when we yeah. open up the consumer release, that's when we'll say, you know, where are people like that? Wh where in the world are they? Where, you know, what schools are they coming from? What, you know, communities are they in? And let's go find them and have them play the game. I love the fact that your product is so much research-based. This is actually also pretty rare, mm -hmm. um, I think. And you studied nine years at Harvard, right? You yep. studied psychology, law, and business. So is this also when you got inspired that you would want to build a product or like impact this market in this way? Yeah, it was, you know, a, a lot of it really came from um, my experience there. 46% mm -hmm. of hires fail. Like hiring is basically a 50-50 coin toss. And, you know, that's staggering yeah, to me. And so I wanted to understand that problem and why that exists and how we could uh -huh you know, help that. But then even just anecdotally, I had seen, you know, from Harvard undergrad, Harvard Business School, and Harvard Law School, um, many of my classmates who, you know, theoretically mm -hmm. have every opportunity in the world, but were really choosing among the same small, narrow subset of roles mm -hmm. that often they knew they wouldn't be happy with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, but that was, they were, people were perceiving that that was their only opportunity set. And I also thought that was really interesting. There must be something in there yeah. that's part of the problem. But then through my research, I realized that's as true for Harvard students as it is for people who maybe went to community college. Mm -hmm. You still think that you know this small, narrow subset of roles are my only opportunity set mm -hmm. when that's not true on either end of you mm -hmm. know either end. And so what I wanted to do is identify how could we approximate what an individual could be best at based on the things that they're just naturally gifted at, and and be yeah. able to credibly communicate that to the market so they could get a role that really uh, leverages those strengths. During your Harvard um, University, the, you started working at White House or mm -hmm. was it right after? I'm super interested, how did you get to the White House? Tell me about that. Sure, so it was um, quite related to the research that I was doing uh -huh. um, in labor market policy. Uh -huh. That's really where, you know, kind of the idea behind Scoutable started was in the policy world and trying to understand as a society, how can we do a better job of this? I, uh, I was then fortunate enough to, you know, have the opportunity to go to the White House for my last uh, sort of time, few months at Harvard and, uh, and really operationalize this work in the policy context. Wow, that must have been so exciting. It was fantastic, yeah. It was, it was a really, um, just like, really wonderful experience to take all this learning and be able to actually, you know, sort of ha help it have impact in the world. Um, it was also, you know, funny enough, uh, it was the moment where I realized, you know, how other people's sort of solutions and all the things that I was trying to sort of work on at the White House mm -hmm. really demonstrated the need for this product. And that's also when you met Mark Cuban. Yeah, exactly. Tell me about that. He was your first investor. Yep. So how, how did it go? How did it happen that he invested in you? Did yeah. he kind of push you to maybe do the company and, and go for it? Well, you know, Mark, uh, I met Mark uh, originally because he came to the White House for an entrepreneurship summit. Uh -huh. um, 
And, uh, and yeah, we just really hit it off in terms of the way that we thought about the te technology space, the way that we thought about um, the problem that I was solving. Um, and originally, you know, I, you know, I, and, you know, I, t I talked to Mark about how, you know, the sort of culmination of my research was I was writing a book on this topic of, you know, what were those issues that were preventing, you know, labor market mm -hmm. um, efficiency and how can we solve that? Because I've had, I was very convinced, I had strong conviction that the technology to solve this was available, it just wasn't being utilized in the way that would work. Um, and really Mark was the first person that he was like, Angela, you're an entrepreneur, you're not a wonk, he was like, you, no one's going to read your book and then take uh -huh. up your baton and really, you know, make this idea, you know, have impact in the world. He was like, you have to build this. Um, you have to take, you see this space like no one else does. You have to build this. And I want in. <laughs> well, if Mark Cuban says so, like, it's hard to say no, huh? Exactly. <laughs> and yes, and I'm also um, a big advocate of talking about your ideas even before you started a company because it's not so easy for someone to just copy this, right? And start it on their own. Like maybe when you were doing your book, you would think that someone would pick it up and do the company and like disrupt the market. Right. But that's not really how it happens. It's so hard to start a company. It's not like everyone would do it just when they hear about the concept, right? Right. You know, it's actually funny because I think sometimes very early uh, stage entrepreneurs are worried mm -hmm. about, you know, someone stealing their idea or someone, you know, um, you know, taking their, you know, um, you know sort of early work and yeah. um, which is funny because on the flip side, I was hoping someone would do that. I was actually <laughs> publishing my work for the for that purpose. Uh -huh. um, but it's true. You know, I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, you have to you you have a conviction that possibly no one else has. And that's really yes. where both, you know, your strength and, you know, your responsibility comes from. And how about Harvard really inspiring you to be an entrepreneur. Did, how much of the knowledge you gained there you think that is useful right now? So I wouldn't say that, you know, Harvard mm -hmm. made me, you know, a better entrepreneur or, you know, yeah. you know anything like that. Um, and that's what I hear people saying, you know, from Stanford also. Yeah. Like from an outside world, you would think that, yeah, so if they went through Harvard or Stanford, it's they were taught how to build the company, how to start a company. It's not like that at all. It's not, you know, there's not like startup 101 at Harvard as opposed <laughs> to like, you know, other colleges. Uh -huh. um, in fact, I'd say the opposite is true. You know, it's not, not that they don't encourage it, mm -hmm. but um, really the best thing that Harvard did was, you know, it gave... Uh, it gives you intellectual space to study whatever you want to. And I think that was, you know, and some people choose to take up that, you know, um, that opportunity and some people don't. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that uh, that's a big differentiator on what you get out of experience. But I think that's as true at Harvard, you know, in Stanford as it is for any school. It's really, you know, find out what you love and what you want to get out of that experience and then utilize the resources as best you can to, to get as much learning as you can get. So... Mark Cuban kind of pushed you to really start your own company and do Scoutable. Um, what was your next step? What, how did you know where to start from or what, where did you start from? The next step was just, you know, being an entrepreneur is, you know, one day you just, you just say yes, you mm -hmm. just decide to. So um, my first step was really taking some time to think about how do I take all the learnings that I've, you know, um, sort of come to over the course of several mm -hmm. years in this um, domain um, and what exactly is the you know the concept the business yeah. that you would build around it right and so it was deciding on that 
picked up bags and I moved from DC to, to San Francisco uh, with two suitcases. Um, wow. Yeah, and then I just started meeting people and telling people about my idea and mm -hmm. trying to find you know all those skill mm -hmm. sets I knew I needed that I don't have that we need to, to needed to build a company. And starting to build the team. Exactly. By um, kind of injecting the idea into them. And did it take a long time for you to start to onboard first people? You know, funny enough, uh -huh. it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> and, yeah, and you know, I think that's something that sometimes it felt like fate, but it felt like yeah. you know all the people that you know I really needed, um, or that you know we really needed to build mm -hmm. all the different components mm -hmm. of this very multidisciplinary idea, from mm -hmm. the gaming world, from you know data science and psychology, from uh, you know engineering, uh, all those people really you know. I, you know, came, yeah, they really, you know, answered the call. And I think a big part of it is that almost everyone in the entire U.S. has experienced this problem of, you know, mm -hmm. what do I do with my life? Right. Everyone has had that experience. And there are many people like that in San Francisco, too. They are looking for opportunities. Exactly. How did you meet them? Did you go to meetups or did you do it through, like, just word of mouth? Um, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. I, I you know originally you know I met the first uh, first person uh, through you know friends of friends. Mm -hmm. You know when I moved out here, I just you know met up with as many people as possible and tried to yeah. find who would be a good fit. Um, he was one of the first people that I met here, um, so that okay. was uh, in here. By here, I mean like San Francisco, mm -hmm. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, very fortunate. Um, and then you know the next person. Uh, we were, you know, actively looking for um, someone in the gaming space because, you know, what I felt would be a differentiator of this company is, you know, the sort of interface that we're actually using to measure these um, traits, these mm -hmm. games, have that have that be like a fantastic, like actually like wonderful immersive ex experience. Um, and we knew we needed an expert in that, someone who lived and breathed games. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we found that person shortly after. Um, in our co-working space, <laughs> so yeah, it was like, yeah, so that was also felt like you know, fortunate, but also felt like fate. <laughs> yeah, because in your product, the big, I mean, the main part of it is the game, right? And like creating the game, and then you know, graphic design and all that. That's not easy. That's not cheap, either. Nope, it uh -huh. is. Um, and you know, the gaming industry makes more money than Hollywood. It is an entire world in itself, and um, anyone that comes to it casually, I think, is doing themselves a disservice. I see. Um, so tell me about TechCrunch Disrupt. Um, what was the journey of getting ready for this? It was super early for you. It's very early. You yes. didn't even have the product ready yet, and you applied and got um, submitted. How did well, that work? yeah, we we got invited uh, to present um, about five weeks before we would be on stage. How did they hear about you? Did you have already some press? Before? Well, so we had submitted uh, something several months earlier, okay. but we, you know. We knew we wouldn't hear back until uh, till a few, few weeks before. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I think like everyone, you don't you know you don't assume you're going to like be presenting Get, at TechCrunch yeah. Disrupt. <laughs> um, and so we had you know just started the process of building out our first product. And then in five weeks, we realized, wow, we have to actually launch uh, this product mm -hmm. in in five weeks. Um, so it was a uh, it was a pretty amazing time, um, like an ultra marathon. Oh yeah, um, yeah. There was about uh, five weeks of you know 4 a.m. leaving the office, oh. back at, you know 9 a.m. the next day, 
Um, we, yeah, but what was really amazing about that experience is how much the entire team pulled together. And you have all your team over here too, right? You believe that you, the team should be together to work efficiently? Well, I think for an idea like ours, mm -hmm. which is inventing something for the first time and also just so multidisciplinary, you know, we do need experts in all these different areas. I can't stress enough how much, you know, just sharing a physical space and really all the serendipity that comes with that of like, oh, did you think of this? Or, oh, I had this great idea or, yeah. you know, that kind of um, just like alchemy, I think can only happen, especially early yeah, um, move fast. when you're all together mm -hmm. all the time. <laughs> uh, so how was it at TechCrunch? How did you feel? Do you remember? I mean, your pitch is recorded. <laughs> yeah. I watched it a few times, kind of learned it uh, by heart myself. How did it feel? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a fantastic experience. And um, I love your pitch, by the way. Well, thank you. And it sounded so natural. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you learned it by heart or if it was, um, you know, super spontaneous. Mm -hmm. It looked spontaneous. Yeah. Uh, but I must say that then I watched more of your uh, pitch recordings online and my just my jaw dropped. <laughs> I was like, she learned it by heart. She mastered it so well. It's amazing. And I'm sure this is part of the success. You know, what or, I've learned as well about speaking in public and, um, and you know, all these pitch presentations, all mm -hmm. those sorts of things, is that really, if it looks easy, that means someone practiced and really gave it their all. Um, because, you know, the amount of times, you know, I had my team quizzing me in the middle of the day. They'd be like, stand up, do the six-minute pitch. Or, you know, uh, you know, over lunch, they'd be like, okay, now six-minute pitch. Um, and so we practice a lot. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. You know, I can't stress that enough. Um, but another part of it is just really authentically believing what you're saying. I just I don't think there's any sort of um, replacement for that in terms of being able to speak confidently about um, something that you care about. Mm -hmm. It's just really believing it. And then you uh, got submitted to G Startup Worldwide competition. And actually, after TechCrunch, I can imagine you had a lot of press, a lot of interest. Yeah. And uh, it kind of snowballed, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And so tell me about um, G Startup uh, competition. Were there many stages? How did that work? Was this also a roller coaster for you? Yeah, so G Startup was, you know, again, just such an honor to even be there. But um, yeah, you won the competition, by the way. I have to stress <laughs> that. Well. And out of so many submissions and actually winners from other countries, because the competition takes place in more than 10 countries. Right. And then the finals are in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And you won the finals. So you need to tell me more about how did it go? Yeah, I mean, it was, again, it was something that, you know, I, it's, it's hard to really describe what those experiences are like. Um, mm -hmm. Especially, you know, it's, it was, it's, it's always very cool too because, you know, you give your pitch, but then, you know, you get, uh, you know, Q&A with these, you know, really just renowned judges that you know, are really Think dissecting Draper your, yeah, just really dissecting your, uh -huh. um, your idea, your company. And I think that is such a cool experience. And so you better authentically believe what you're saying because you have to defend it. And, uh, and, and I loved that experience. Yeah, and there is a ton of hard questions afterwards, yeah. always, right? It's always exciting to hear what people ask. Actually, yeah. I find that really exciting. And how about raising money? Did you raise money from other investors than from Mark Cuban and from uh, winning the competition? 
Yeah, um, yeah, we have a couple other investors, um, and you know they've been fantastic as well. But um, yeah, we've raised a, a seed round and um, are you know currently fundraising as well. You're doing like extended seed round right now. Yeah, uh, because I can imagine people are just knocking your door. Well, that's the reason we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I also wanted to ask you about that uh, mastering your pitch and fundraising. This is just so much work. And how did you know, or can you tell me right now from a perspective, how did it happen that you could actually divide your time between practicing the pitch and growing your company? Yeah, how did you do um, that? I guess I'd say that, you know, I don't really feel it's dividing my time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even when I go to a social event, I feel like I'm talking about my company, talking about the idea, answering people's questions about it, you know. And I think that's one also advice I would give to other entrepreneurs mm -hmm. is you have to love the idea and you have to like feel that level of conviction about it because, you know, I think I'll never get tired of talking about it. <laughs> and, and I think that's, I think you need that. <laughs> Despite the fact that your startup is pretty new, you launched it um, just last year, but um, it's already been successful. You have those amazing investors and you won the competition and you're just um, speeding up. And what's the advice that you would give to other startup founders? Like the main advice you, you think is most valuable? Yeah, um, I think for you know other startup founders or anyone who's even thinking about starting a company, uh, I think the best thing that you know, I did and that, you know, I think has helped Scoutable is that we really understand the problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times, you know, people sort of, you know, see uh, an opportunity or they have a great business idea and they want to execute on that. Um, and I think that it, it becomes a challenge because sometimes you might realize that, oh, the actual problem isn't, you know, your solution actually doesn't solve what the real problem is. Yeah. Um, so I'd say with Scoutable, you know, I spent years unpacking this problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a massive issue of, you know, how do we allocate people across, you know, our entire economy and why don't we do that well? And I'd say, you know, even, you know, what, what I first thought the problem was, um, you know, I'd unpack it and there'd be, oh, wow, no, that all of that is really deriving from this actual mm -hmm. problem. And I think it took me several years um, to really come to the understanding of like, oh, this is actually the problem before I even thought about, you know, Scoutable as a business or as, you know, what would actually solve that problem. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's the best sort of um, advantage mm -hmm. any startup founder could give themselves is dive into the problem and understand it like no one else, like have that be your competitive advantage. So there is no reason to really rush, uh, right? It's not good to rush. And even if you are not an expert in the field and you want to build a company, um, it's good to partner with someone that is an expert, right? At least it's, that it's could good be a to, good first step. Totally. You can partner with someone from that, you know, that's an expert. But what I'd say is, you know, anyone can become an expert, learn about it. Like mm -hmm. take the time to become that expert yourself. Talk to every expert in your space. Um, and I think that is, the, that is, that's how you win, is because you understand a problem in a way that no one else does. What's coming up for Scoutable? What's your next feature that you are releasing? Can you um, tell me any secrets? 
Right yeah, now? sure. Um, so we have an exciting new product coming out, actually. Um, so you know, the the uh -huh. main product is where we analyze for companies all of their employees. We build a predictive model, and then we can screen against that predictive model um, and tell companies uh, about a candidate, how well they would fit the company, and even give a predicted performance metric for a, a candidate. And that's something no one else uh, in the world can do, and we're really excited about that. Um, but we've also found that you know, a lot of companies, um, you know, recruiting um, companies, a lot of um, you know headhunters, and a lot of you know people who manage their internal um, employees have been asking mm -hmm. for, you know, actually just the, a translation of the game into you know the sort of cognitive metrics, psychological personality metrics about the person, um, the existing employees. Exactly. Well, existing employees, um, and yeah, and or you know. Basically, all the information that you'd want to get out of an interview, uh -huh. uh, we measure in our game. And so just you know, having a, a, a sort of report of those kinds of things has been uh, something that we've gotten a lot of demand for. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually you know, kind of already built into our product. So um, we, we're running a few pilots now of, of that product. So, um, so that's pretty exciting for us. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I'm sure that my audience is dying right now to play <laughs> Scoutable. And uh, do you have an idea when you may release it for consumers? Yeah, well, they can go ahead to uh, www.scoutable.com mm -hmm. um, and sign up because we're going to be get releasing you know, small teasers and small previews of the, the game uh, over the next couple of weeks and months. That's awesome. I already signed up. Awesome. <laughs> Angela, it's been such a pleasure to have you here on the show today. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, well, thank you for having me.